Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Tech and Picks we- uh, website, Tech and Picks podcast. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's podcast. It's on the website. Uh, all right, website, Spotify. I'm also uploading these uh, podcasts to YouTube because there's a lot of people who have YouTube that don't even know what Spotify is. I mean, we are living in 2021, I think. I don't know. I lost track of time because uh, things are going by so quickly. You almost forget what time you are in at the moment. But time is irrelevant because, uh, yeah, I, we, that's, a, that's for another discussion. So let's just get right into it. First of all, before we start, don't forget to support. If you like what you hear, if you like my content and like my videos on my YouTube channel, also by the name of Tech and Picks on YouTube, spelled the same way, then please find it in your heart to support my channel You know, by uh, donating to Buy Me A Coffee, or if you have a Patreon account, you can actually uh, decide to support my work there also. Any little bit helps. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to bore you anymore with this, and let's just get right into it. What are we talking about today? Well, today, uh, there's, a, there's a particular topic which got me started in this whole thing and at the, in the meantime also makes me very angry at the same time and that is basically adapting old classical 35 millimeter uh film lenses to new digital cameras okay now why does it annoy me well the thing is this the 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 whole scene ever since sony came out with their because i pretty much sony started it you know with their a7 full frame uh camera when that came out people were like wait a minute let's create a way to adapt these old lenses to you know these new cameras because you can adapt a majority of these old lenses to the DSLR cameras. The problem is, is that the back of the lens often hits the mirror on the inside that flaps up and flaps down on the inside of your DSLR camera. So what happens? It happens exactly what you think. I mean, take a hammer, hit, go next to a mirror. I mean, don't really do it, but what do you think could happen if you go next to a mirror with a hammer and you just start hitting the mirror? You're going to smash the mirror. And it's the same thing. You had uh, the back glass elements of the lenses, which protrude way too much, were damaging the mirrors that flap up in DSLR cameras. So that there, there wasn't really a <clears throat> that much of a market for that. There were adapters. They weren't widely used. And then you had the problem that there were some specific mounts like Minolta MD or Canon FD. Uh, Minolta MD doesn't exist. Minolta, um, like the old Minolta MC mounts. Uh, Yeah, MD, what am I talking about? Uh, Canon FD, that's where I got confused. Where you had to have an extra glass element in the adapter to reach, I think it was to reach infinity focus. Uh, because just of the distance to the sensor. Well, there you had a whole bunch of other problems where the back element was pressing up against this internal glass element, and then you were damaging the lens in a completely new and different way. Now, this is only for lenses that would go, you know, from like 10 millimeters on to up to like maybe 40-ish millimeters, pretty much, because anything pretty much over 50 millimeters, were the lenses would not stick out that much from the back unless you had those particular lenses like the 51.4 or, for example, the Super Takumar 50mm 1.4 8-element version that has a huge protruding back element, which I happen to own. I was lucky enough to find. 
for dirt cheap <clears throat> and um and that's just it that is the that's the thing i mean um it wasn't really that convenient for the slr lenses so whenever sony announced their uh their their mirrorless cameras the you know especially the a7 you had these new adapters that came out you didn't need any glass in between and you could easily focus them you know close focus all the way to infinity on every single lens well <clears throat> the market after that exploded the market the used market because they don't make these lenses new anymore the used market for these old 35 millimeter um these old 35 millimeter uh camera lenses exploded because now you had people you know left and right they could adapt their old lenses you could buy them for dirt cheap and the also the manual focusing on the a7 a6000 series in general is great because you have things like focus peaking focus magnifying all these things which really help you a lot uh, in getting that perfect, precise focus manually. Something that the Canon cameras did not have at the time. I don't know if they have them now with the 5D Mark III or Mark IV. My A6000, my, uh, uh, my 6D, for example, from Canon did, does not have that, even though it has live view, which is horrible because it's really slow to f uh, focus. I don't even know why they even implemented that, honestly. it's more. I think it's more of a gimmick rather than anything else. Even the video quality on there is horrible. It's something like 320 times 280. Like it's not, it's like barely even SD quality. It's like half SD quality. Um, and they say it's full. They say it's full HD, but it's it looks it just looks bad. And the autofocus is horrible. Then you have the later cameras like the 7D or the 70D, the 60D, the 80D, which are amazing autofocuses, and they actually implemented their uh, uh, double f uh, double pixel. Uh, autofocusing system into those cameras but getting back to the the main topic here so the the whole market exploded because you could get lenses for dirt cheap because those lenses costed dirt were very cheap to obtain you can get them from ebay you can get them from used markets from flea markets from you know private ads local private ads you can get them from a lot of places and you could get something like for example 20 28 millimeter 2.8 uh, Minolta, for example, Minolta MD or Rocker or WC Rocker, it doesn't really matter. Some, there's only very marginal differences between the variants of the same focal range. And you could like pay 15 bucks for one. 15 bucks for a lens. An adapter costs, what, 10 bucks on Amazon? Uh, a, a dummy adapter, you know, you had no uh, EXIF data, for example. And for like 25 bucks, you could have uh, a whole complete functioning lens. Uh, and with the adapter costing 10, 15 bucks, you know, you take that out of the cost of the lens and the next lens would be even cheaper. And you could actually carry more lenses with you. And a lot of people like, oh yeah, but you know, it's not autofocus. Yeah, but with how easy it is to focus on the newer cameras, you know, that completely goes out the window it's not even a topic and if you can't figure out how it works then you, you shouldn't even be taking pictures you should be you know uh, you should be picking up trash on the side of the street because photography is obviously not for you it doesn't it's not it doesn't even something that requires any minimum amount of intelligence and the reason for that is also because the sony the digital cameras now the mirrorless cameras show you live what you're gonna get 
whereas the mirrorless cam uh, the uh, the um, DSLR cameras do not. So because you have live view, if you set that 2.8 lens, if you set it to f6, you'll see it immediately on the screen, it gets darker. So you can compensate with a higher shutter speed, with the lower shutter speed, or with more ISO, for example. That's why, it's, that's why this, uh, this whole market exploded, because it became so easy to have very cheap lenses from the 35 millimeter camera days on new sensors. Now. What is my complaint about that? Well, my complaint is that those lenses were designed with the distance to 35 millimeter film taking that into consideration. So you're not going to have, uh, so you won't always have the best optical quality on a digital sensor from those old lenses. And that's the way it should be. So you're not gonna so like for example if you get like a one uh, like a L L series 1.2 50 millimeter lens which was specifically designed with the technology after a certain period to get you know the the distance and the range and the focusing speed and all of that stuff if it works then you there's no way that it's go that that any other lens from a manual focus is going to be sharper than that. Like the newer manual lenses from Voigtlander or, or, or you know, the, or Zeiss has a couple of manual focusing lenses. Yes, those are manual focusing lenses, but they were designed, they were designed uh, keeping in mind all the specifications of the new digital sensors. <clears throat> so the quality of film was ne is is and will never be on the same level as uh, as digital while it does give it gives a more softer feel to it okay um i guess photographers if they were had to do professional work back then they went to the medium format uh film cameras so it was at 120 size i think but 35 millimeter uh was never meant to give you know like ridiculous sharp sharpness that you have on the cameras nowadays so with that in mind you know you could easily get away with a one uh, 50 millimeter 1.4 not being super entirely sharp and uh and on film and it wouldn't matter because it gave it that was just what everything else looked like at the time <clears throat> so what you have a lot of and again I'm not putting down the um, the old lenses because I have a lot of them and I pursue them, I manifest them, and they just come into my life. Um, so I can't say anything negative about them. But there is a lot more work involved whenever you're you know you are working in post production. You have a lot of chromatic aberration. You have a lot of uh, purple fringing. You have a lot of the corners are darker at a certain, you know, f-stop, for example. So if you had a 1.4, for example, <clears throat> it probably wouldn't be as sharp. It probably have a lot of purple fringing, a lot of chromatic aberration, a lot of ghosting, and you know the corners aren't as sharp. And those are those are things you just don't find nowadays in these modern digital lenses. It's impossible, almost impossible. Like even for the very cheap lenses, like the ones that are like 50 bucks, like for example, the Sigma, Sigma makes uh, the EXDN line for APS-C sensor, micro four thirds. It's not, they're not that big lenses, but they're 
and that you can get them for under a hundred bucks okay 80 bucks 90 bucks I saw them for 70 uh, in in one moment at one moment <clears throat> one point in time so you can get those lenses for very cheap. They're autofocus lenses. They work great. They don't have full metal construction. It's made from like a more higher quality plastic, I guess, if you want to call it that. And that's just it. But it was designed specifically for digital sensors. So even wide open, even though it's a two, there are 2.8 lenses, they're much sharper at 2.8 than the manual focus counterparts. And what really pisses me off the most okay there's a lot of there's a lot of models that create a like a magic feel to it for example the helios 44 slash 2 is very famous for the swirly bokeh and the you know the swirly bokeh is also on a couple of other lenses the a couple of pentacon lenses or a couple of these other russian variants uh, or the old or like maybe the zeiss so a Biotar, I think it's whatever the Helios was designed, uh, well, designed slash copied from. Uh, you have this in a lot of things. And what angers me the most is the fact that the prices for these a lot of these lenses have skyrocketed. Now, not the Helios, because they really made, they made millions of those lenses. You know, so you can still get them for fairly cheap, like 40 to 50 bucks. Even though they're f2 lenses, they're really good. They're really good lenses. But for example, like the like the Super Takumar lenses, for example, the Super Takumar lenses, even though they were produced in bulk, I guess not really many people are selling them because those are the rare lenses that offer good quality when it being when adapted to digital. So the prices have skyrocketed. Even for lenses that at the time were not that rare, like a 85 one point, I think it's a 1.9, the super uh, multicolored tachymar. It's an 85 1.9. You don't, you won't find that lens for less than you know 350 dollars. But for that price, you can find the autofocus equivalent. For example, Canon, the Canon 80 mill, I think it's 80 millimeter, 80 millimeter 1.8. I got it for 200 euros. That super multi-coated Takumar 30 as 80 was it 85 1.9, you won't find for any less than 300 and something euros, and it's ridiculous because it's a manual focus lens and wide open. It's not even that sharp. That's the thing. So, are you going for the collector value or you know? Because that, that some prices for some lenses are just have skyrocketed, and it makes no sense. <clears throat> like the 50 millimeter 1.4s in general, whether it's the Canon FD 1.4, whether it's the newer version, the FD N version, or the old, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, the old. I forgot the name of it. The old. It's all metal. It's not plastic like the FD version, FDN version. And there's just a lot of uh, a lot of things that have just the price has skyrocketed, and also they skyrocketed because all you need is like three or four people to put it at a higher price, and, and everyone else thinks that that's what they should sell for, especially people that have no idea about the lenses. They find the, you know, they're like, oh, this was in my grandfather's, you know, attic, and they put it for sale for like 300 euros, and it's in reality, it's worth 50 bucks. There's a lot of that. But you have other people that don't understand, don't know about it, don't have no idea about these these systems, these old systems, and they put the prices on the same level, and it's a never it's a never ending. It just goes higher and higher. 
okay? And that's what pisses me off because for me that I don't have lenses, I don't collect them because, oh, this looks beautiful. That look, I use them, okay? I go out, I use them. I like to take pictures. I like to, I review them. I make content for my channel, my YouTube channel. And now it's really becoming impossible to afford some of these lenses. One particular lens, if I remember the name correctly, I think it is the... Um, Meyer Optiker Gorlitz, not the the trial plan, but it was a, there was another one. It was like a 50 millimeter 1.9. Uh, I think it's called or Oristagon or one of these. It's a silver lens. It it's I think it was very it had, didn't have that much of a production uh, behind it. There wasn't that many produced. At least if I remember reading it correctly, that lens like four years ago they were selling for about 120, 130 euros. Now, at the time, I'm like, well, 50 millimeter, 1.9, to pay that much for it seems ridiculous. Well, that same lens now goes for over 400 euros. The exact same lens. And for as much as I'm curious to try that lens, because the only thing that I read from it is, the, is that it has an amazing, interesting character. It gives an interesting look, an interesting character to the pictures along the same lines as a Helios 44.2, I really wanted to pick up a working version, you know, to, to use it. And now I can't because I'm not going to spend over 400 euros for a semi-working version of it because the mint versions, you know, or the cleaned or CLA'd versions are going for almost 500 euros or over 500 euros which is ridiculous. For 500 euros, if I'm really going to spend 500 euros on a manual lens, it's going to be on on a on like a Voigtlander manual, like maybe a, a Super Heli R or something like a wide angle lens because they're they're native mounts and they're ridiculously tiny. Okay? And they're really sharp. Or a Lawa, for example. A Lawa wide, I think they're called 0D. I think it's Lawa that makes the 0D lenses. Where there's they're wide angle and they're zero distortion. Because I love wide angle, but a lot of times the distortion can be a little bit difficult to work with. So, yeah, that's just the major gripe. It's wonderful that you can take that you can give life to these old lenses because so they don't like accumulate in some in some landfill somewhere and you know there's new life for these used goods I'm really into that kind of stuff but it just sucks that especially people that have no idea about you know the the, the usage or or the practicality of these lenses are putting the prices sky high because I asked a lady once, like for example, the, one example, the 35mm f2 from Canon, the just the EF version, they make two of them. There's the old version, the first version, which is along the same lines as the um, the 50mm, 50mm 1.8, you know, uh, Mark II, uh, which has the lens that uh, the thing comes in and out when it has to focus, it's not all internalized. It's made from a cheaper plastic, for example. That lens there should be very cheap, okay, because it's a very common lens. But the newer version, the newer version that has the uh, in-body, uh, the, the, so this image stabilization, the internal focusing, better quality, and just, you know, everything is much better, that's about, you can find it used for about 350 euros, which is what I paid for mine. And I guess people see the 30, It's they just see the writing 35mm f2, and now they're putting the prices for the 
first version at the same price as the newer version. And of course, other people that have no idea that have the old version, they're doing the exact same thing. And it drives me nuts because it's the same thing happening with these old lenses. People think just because a Canon FD or a Super Takumar 50mm 1.4 lens is a maybe a little bit more not so common to come by, that it's it's good for them to charge four to five times more because they're comparing it to uh, to the lens which uh, just because it's the same focal length they think okay well then I'll just get away with charging more for for it so that's that's a little ridiculous so this is something that pisses me off and I don't see this trend going down it's actually going up and now especially in times of covid where you know people can't really leave because before you know the prices were going up slower because you know you had people a lot of people leaving the house going to work going on vacations and so they couldn't really spend a lot of money on this but now in the covid times when people don't really leave the house that much um they're using that money to they're using that money to buy lenses they're doing a lot of online reading and yeah these old lenses are becoming ridiculously expensive and it gets more it's a it's a very expensive hobby already to begin with and if you have gear acquisition syndrome so gas i have a lot of gas and also gear acquisition syndrome but that's a completely separate thing so if you have you know gear acquisition syndrome then it becomes more and more expensive as the day goes on now if there's a lens like for example um i think it's a nikon it's a Nikon 135 millimeter. No, I think no. Ah, geez, I don't remember. I think it's like 180 millimeter or 200 millimeter f2. And it's a gigantic lens, and I think that lens was rare at the time. So of course that lens is expensive. It creates amazing pictures. So one would understand why that lens is expensive because it's not that common. But when you have an, a very old Cosina or Pentacon 50 millimeter, you know, 1.8 electric, for example, that's a the new, one of the newer variants. That's like a red red text red label variant of the Pentacon lens that goes for 130 euros and it's worth 50 at most. They people they just they, they don't know how to price things, and I guess the rest of the sheep follow. They're like. Oh well, if you're priced that at 130, I'm gonna price it also at 130, and I'm not gonna go one cent under, until it sits there for you know three months. Because the people who know, they know. The problem is then whenever you sell it, once as soon as one of one item sells at 130 euros, even though it's worth 50, that automatically sets the precedent for the rest of the rest of this of of the listings of that particular item. So. I have run out of time for this podcast, okay, 30, 26 minutes. I could talk forever, so I'm going to put this on, uh, I'm going to put this as a part one of this whole debacle, because I really have a lot of opinions about this whole thing. It could be much better. I don't see the reason why um, these lenses should cost so much when you can get the newer versions for much, much less. And they work, they're much more optimized with respect to the old versions. But let me know what you think. I don't even know where because you're listening to this on Spotify. If you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment below 
and let me know what you think about it because I, I, I always am curious to know what other people think about this. So as uh, mentioned in the beginning of the show, check out the links to buy me a coffee or a um, if you have a Patreon account, you want to support this channel, and uh, that's it. And I will see you in the next podcast.